0: <laughs> Way up. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> sloppy, <It's time>. sloppy. <laughs> it's Wake up. It's time for podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the AdCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your Heavens Design Team board member and resident snake appreciator, Soup.
1: And I'm your illegal underground skateboard death racer, Ranu.
0: This week, Ad stands for Absolute Territory because we'll be talking about the winter 2021 season. But before we get into that, uh, what have what have we been up to? What have you been up to? <laughs>
1: um, I don't think too much has happened since the last time you and I spoke. Uh. I have I'm like on the very end stages of my big work thing my big work right, project right. animation thing um but it's gotten like a lot of praise so far and preliminary nice, reviews nice. so I'm really happy about that yeah that's
0: that's good yeah I mean to be fair the um especially around these seasonal episodes the window between when we record these is much smaller than it normally is so <laughs> <laughs> there is um <laughs> There's, there's bound to be a little bit of, I mean, that and the fact that, you know, um, not, not as much, like, really happens anymore, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean yeah. Well, yes and no.
0: Like, yeah, there's yes stuff and that no. happens <laughs> yeah. outside, of, outside of our own purview that yes. um, we have absolutely no control over. Uh, but <laughs> we as people don't really do as much that is different differentiated from, from the day-to-day. It's part of why we've lost all concept of time. Anyway, yeah, uh, glad glad to hear it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's going well. Um, hopefully I'll be able to wrap it up tomorrow. But yeah, they they were like, I think this is the best thing you've made at this company, and I was like, cool. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um. Yeah. Uh, what are you up to, <laughs> if
0: anything? <laughs> uh, well, today we celebrated my mother's birthday, so Ooh, I made a, nice. uh, a lovely little dinner. nice. Um, I made a an entire loaf of bread.
1: It Ooh. was
0: uh like it was roasted garlic and rosemary bread. Probably I think mm. uh probably one of the best loaves of bread I've ever made, I think.
1: Ooh, I wanna I, I, I wanna try. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe maybe one day, maybe one day when we're allowed yeah. to go outside again.
1: <laughs> yeah, you make me bread.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Um so I made I made a loaf of bread, uh I made some some pasta with with pesto mm. and uh, mm. everybody knows pesto is the best though it is and, the pesto um,
1: <laughs> you're right <laughs> yeah uh
0: and i made some i made some steaks i used uh cool. i used serious eats uh reverse sear method cuz i bought a, a th- uh, like a thermometer recently like a food mm. thermometer and nice Uh, turned out really really great um the only thing is i would have liked to get more of a like sear slash crust but i was afraid of overcooking i think because my pan just didn't get hot enough before i uh i I slapped those sections but it was still really good overall um okay and definitely definitely some of the better steak i've I've ever made so Mm. very happy um that that recipe or that method is is courtesy of uh j kenji lopez alt who is all kinds of wonderful. Um it's actually really funny. He is a um so he was a, a contributor for for Serious Eats for for a long time and nowadays he just kind of does his own stuff. He has um a book called The Food Lab which is uh pretty much the basis for most modern uh cooking um at least in in a home setting. Um it it, it goes into lots of like, you know, science and and food stuff uh like Debunking myths about like you know searing stuff to lock in the juices that that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's very Ooh. cool. Um, I really want to pick up a copy someday, but for now I'll just kind of get it drip fed to me through all of the like YouTube videos that like you know crib off of the, the recipes contain and methods uh, contained within. But yeah, mm. um, I'll link that method. um Kenji is really cool because he is uh, he's actually local to um, or the- he's not local. So uh, he's from the East Coast, but uh, he currently lives in the bay area he runs a restaurant in um i think uh uh, shoot where was it it's it's i don't think it's is it daily city somewhere it's somewhere somewhere south of san francisco like southern san francisco um and it's it's very good it's very good they have Mm. an excellent excellent cheeseburger probably one of the best cheeseburgers i've ever had oh so so yeah um he has a youtube channel which i will i will link um very very cool and very lovely he has like such powerful kind of internet's dad energy and and, (laughs) i kind of
1: love it i like that (laughs) yeah yeah
0: um very very down-to-earth cool guy um nice and uh and yeah uh that's that's kind of the most exciting thing i've been up to right like that's cool you know um to be honest like we the the sort of uh turnaround has been like like what we recorded the last episode like like not even a week ago so <laughs> yeah basically
1: like, less yeah, than a week
0: <laughs> it, it was like five days ago yes. and then we also we also hung out yesterday to watch anime so like yeah, yeah. um not not a lot has happened obviously in, in that span of time um,
1: yeah i mean that's okay though because like we have a bajillion things to oh, go yeah. over this episode yeah.
0: That's that's very true. That's very true. Um, yeah, and we
1: are yeah, jam packed yeah. today. So
0: we, we are jam packed today. We did uh, a lot of research into a lot of anime, um, <laughs> and actually, you know what? This season looks pretty pretty good. Shockingly yeah. good. I would um, say. So. I thought it. I thought mm-hmm. it would mostly be like sequels and stuff, but um, mm-hmm. for the most part, I've actually been really impressed with a lot of the uh, the non sequel stuff that we've been getting. Which isn't to say that the sequels are bad. Because um they're really good actually.
1: Yes. But so, there's like um, a yeah. nice variety this season. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It it feels like a very like good season overall. Yeah. Um But let's let's get into it. Let's talk yes. about the second season of The Promised Neverland.
1: The biggest hype.
0: Ooh, a <laughs> boy. Um <laughs> What 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 to say really? Like I I, it, I always find it a little bit difficult to to talk about sequels, especially when we're a couple episodes in. So we kind of normally just gloss over them. It's like, well, I mean, it's it's season two of the thing that you probably have already watched or are interested in watching. So you will know based on whether or not you watched the sure. first season. Um, yeah. I would I would one hundred percent, absolutely, highly recommend you you watch the first season and the second season. Um, we have currently watched four, I think, episodes of mm-hmm. the second season of The Promised Neverland, and oh my god. Um, <laughs> it has not failed to impress. I, th- I'll say that for sure.
1: Yes, a 100% that you leave off on the first season um, wondering where the story will go because the world is opening up significantly, and you have mm-hmm. zero clue what's what's gonna be waiting for the characters. And the way that it has slowly opened up has been so fascinating. I'm really compelled. I have no idea what's happening next.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the story is like a very good mix of like um kind of time spent in like what what, what you would consider like downtime. Like there's Yes. You know? Yes. Um Cause while you always feel tense that something's yes. gonna happen, um mm-hmm. there are plenty of moments where it varies things because it's like, Oh, well like here's a little respite. You can like take a breath here. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we're gonna have a little like a fun sequence where the kids are getting like um settled and they're uh they get to like have have a little bit of relaxation, right? So that then makes Every disruption of that, like, all the more tense. And it's, like, really, like, I felt this in the first season, but the second season is, like, really showing that um, both the story and the writing are, like, really solid, but also the direction is really good. Yes. And it it is an absolute masterclass in how to write a tense story. Yes, 100%. Like, because it, it would be so easy for this story to have like absolutely zero stakes whatsoever and just kind of feel like flimsy and Mm -hmm. and there's nothing to it but Mm -hmm. like the way that it makes you like actually hold your breath when very stressful things are happening is very impressive especially because it's like a group of children and like it's very difficult to make children compelling characters (laughs) (laughs) especially yeah the more realistic you make children the Mm -hmm. like more difficult it is for for people to like Uh, I find the more difficult it is for people to, like, um, depending... I think it's a spectrum, uh, mind you, but, like... Sometimes when your kids are too realistically children, it can be very difficult to get invested because you're like, oh, God, stop whining, please. <laughs> yeah. But but on the other <laughs> hand, if your kids are like too unrealistic where it's like, mm, you've activated my trap card. <laughs> I, I planted these landmines here 40 <laughs> years ago. Right. You'd be like, this doesn't make any sense. Children are not like this. Um. So it's very important that you strike a, a, a balance between. There is a
1: balance. Know, yes.
0: <laughs> the, the fact that um, in this show, like, mm-hmm. the kids are um, shown to be very smart and intelligent and capable to begin with because that makes them tastier, right? <laughs> um, there is a story conceit for why they are so smart. And at the same time, there are a lot of moments where they also have, like, weakness because they're acting like children, which I think is really great. Um, yeah. And especially for the, uh, especially for the older kids, like um, you know Emma and Ray, you can mm-hmm. tell that um, because they're forced to take on this like parent like role for the mm-hmm. other kids, they're growing up really fast. Yes, yes, and like it's very obvious, and you can see it mm-hmm. happening, which I think is is really great. Like yeah. I think it's so subtle and nuanced about the way that it it builds its characters even though they're they're all children the like respect that it it gives to children while also not forgetting that you know they're like 6 years old right it's it all comes together to like actually make you like root for these children you're like yeah yeah kids beat them beat those oppressive structures beat those uh, <laughs> demons that want to eat your brains
1: <laughs> yeah they they have the children move the story along, but also they're thinking for themselves and thinking of ways to act, but also try and do it in a way that won't necessarily endanger you know, their family Um right. their children. And I think that's so... I mean, that's relatable on a scale of like, if you as an adult were in that situation, you would probably be thinking along the same lines. And so you right. just kind of very easily immerse yourself in, in their struggle.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very curious to see where uh, where I will be feeling um, at the end of this <laughs> yeah. uh, season yeah. um, about The Promised Neverland, but mm-hmm. um, I am having a lot of thoughts, and I know I, I definitely talked about The Promised Neverland for a season, but um, I don't remember anything that I said about it, um, and I would just like to say that um, this show is about uh, raising children, human beings, to be uh, smart but not too smart, <laughs> to be complacent and innocent and naive, and to be used for the the purposes of people who want to eat them. Hey, doesn't mm-hmm. that sound familiar? <laughs> that's that's society, baby. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, um, I mean, uh-huh. to be fair, there's. Um, I feel like this is something that's like pretty easy to like look at anytime you have any media about like creatures that eat people. Is that oftentimes they're um, very easily read as a metaphor for larger power structures that like will exploit people for their own gains, um, regardless of the harm that they cause. Like you know, um, like the idea of vampires as like, mm. fancy-schmancy, uh, like, decrepit billionaires that live in giant castles and feast <laughs> upon the working class, right? Like, right. that's not a very hard metaphor to, to make. Right. <laughs> it's not a very hard line to draw. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah.
1: They're, they're pretty, I would say, in the second season, even more so explicit about the fact that they pretty outrightly state that... Uh, as they're explaining the history of the world and how it got to be this way, that these children were misled in what they believed the state of the world to be in, but also that they're paying the consequences for deals and agreements made thousand, right. like hundreds and thousands of years before their time that they would not possibly be able to have any part of, and yet they're, they're taking up the mantle and, and having to deal with it. Right. Yeah. So.
0: I I also really like the um I really like the uh the other characters that we we get to see the demon characters um Oh yeah mm-hmm. um Sonju and and Mujika I think they're really cool and interesting because they tell yeah. us a lot about about demons as yeah. a um as a society which mm-hmm. I th- I think is really cool um and mm-hmm. the fact that they they don't eat humans for for religious reasons um Mujika kind of not wanting to at, at all and sonju being more like well you <laughs> see domesticated humans i cannot eat but a wild human i mean yes 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 <laughs> i could hunt one of those down Mm-hmm. tasty um but I, I do i do think it's really cool because like i think a lot of times we tend to make a uh, a fantasy like race and then we kind of ascribe to them uh, either this idea of it is it's a monolith or it's like it's a monolith and there happens to be like one or two good ones i like Mm. that there's a very nuanced like well these these two characters are helpful and they they aid the 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 main characters and um, they have their own motivations and they don't even agree with each other. But they're also outcasts from from the whole of demon society because they don't necessarily fit in. Um, I right. think that's that's really interesting. I, um, yeah, me
1: too. And that the fact that they they kinda open the season with that. Like the, right. the very first characters they meet outside of the farm is that I
0: I also I also like that they don't they don't agree necessarily about the interpretation of of their own religious doctrine like the mm-hmm, fact that sonju's yeah. like well i mean i can hunt wild humans and mujika's yeah. like uh <laughs> <laughs> humans <laughs> friends not food yeah <laughs> yeah <Right? laughs> um i i love when we have um very nuanced characterization of of the ways people interpret and express culture and yeah. i like when it's not just so so monolithic that it's like well, everybody is the same except for like you know, Dristo dwerdin, hero of the drought or whatever the fuck, right? Like
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: It's it's not necessarily that the demons are evil inherently. It's that the structures that they've like, you know, built have uh very lasting consequences upon people who ostensibly should, you know, um, as as sentient creatures should have their own their own rights. It does it kinda of, yeah, you know, it, there's kind of a like it's almost a very like uh, a vegan sort of bend to it where it's just like, you know, isn't it kind of fucked up that we that we do this, right? And it's like, you know, you know what, you know what, you're, you're kind of right, you're kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm very interested to see where that, that, that is going. Um, I have uh, super enjoy every episode is just a joy to watch and I cannot wait for the next one. Everyone mm-hmm. leaves yeah, off and yeah. you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah um i i might want to go read the manga uh just to like know what happens because i'm like dying to know what happens But <laughs> at, the, at the same time like the the way that the anime is uh is produced is so good that i, I kind of almost want to just experience it through the anime first
1: yeah that's that's kind of what where i'm at too is as tempting as it would be to go read the manga especially because the art is amazing in the manga as well um the pacing in the anime and i imagine it maintains this in the manga too is so good that i don't mind just waiting weekly for yeah. new, new episodes even though like it keeps me in tension i'm dying to know but it's like a good kind of like i'm really excited for the next I think, episode
0: i think you're right it because it feels like um sometimes a show is predicated on cliffhangers to the point where a cliffhanger will happen and you're like oh i have to see the next episode but this, I think, this, like, The Promised Neverland, I think, is quite remarkable in that what it does is instead of uh, leaving you with a cliffhanger where you're like, I'm, I'm literally going to die if I do not consume the next episode <laughs> now, it, it's a really great, like, uh, it, even if there is a cliffhanger and you're like, oh, what's gonna happen next? It's so good in that it, it, it leaves off at a point where you... Are waiting in suspense for what happens, but at the same time, there is a lot of time to think about the episode that you you just watched. Yeah,
1: yeah. uh, From Mm -hmm. from
0: week to week, and I think that 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 is the kind of thing that would be lost if you watched it uh, all in one go. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like there's something remarkable about that as as a uh, a feature of of a weekly show, a a show that is uh, released weekly, where if you can make your show in such a way that um people are interested in thinking about your show after it has finished airing, you know, week to week um but like in the in the time between the episodes launch, i think that's that's a very remarkable thing without being like, you know, oh, what's going to happen next, but like like hard theory crafting, right? Because there is a difference between like um discussions of like Oh, you know, like what's gonna happen next? I this like you could it could probably go this way. Probably does this, you know. Like these are probably mm-hmm. the twists. And mm-hmm. between that and thinking about the episode that you just watched and like having time to digest it, right? I think that's um that's very important. I think yeah. the Promise Neverland strikes a very good balance in yes how much it it pan it like caters to to those kind of impulses. So mm-hmm. um, yeah,
2: overall, I'm.
0: Mm -hmm. super impressed super impressed yeah very Mm -hmm. very good show so far yeah um (laughs) yeah so let's talk about the dr stone stone wars the second season of dr stone um i have caught up to the manga of dr stone and um yeah this this arc is pretty cool i i will say nice um it it's i mean naturally it's an extension of the first arc um Mm -hmm. nothing in it is remarkably revolutionary i I think the more interesting stuff actually happens after this arc but um yeah i i'm excited because dr stone is like a just a fun kind of like pulpy show to watch it's very (laughs) like it's it's very earnest and fun (laughs) and uh even though there are stakes and things are you know um ostensibly quite quite dangerous at, at many times it's like it's just kind of a fun adventure ride, right? You know, it's like. Yes. All, you, you can just kind of like watch it and get your brain filled with some science, and you're like, cool. <laughs>
1: this is pretty neat. Yeah, this I would tend to agree. Neat. It's, uh, it's fun to watch, and then you learn a little bit of that science goodness, and they're gradually but surely building up to a big conflict. So I'm really excited yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, i i agree uh i mm-hmm. I will say um things get so wild in the in the doctor Stone's like story <laughs> <laughs> They get really wild and, and i I cannot wait for those parts to get i I wonder how far this season will go because there's certainly mm-hmm. enough content for like probably like at least two more seasons so. right um looking forward to it, looking forward yeah, man, to I'm it done um, yeah the the anime looks pretty pretty good, generally speaking. Mm-hmm.
1: Um yeah, yeah, no, no complaints. Didn't we say that maybe or maybe not the women look a little bit better this? Season? I think okay. I
0: think <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was thinking about this and I, I think that they might have uh come into their own with the anime style a little bit more. And so <laughs> the female characters tend to look a little bit like more normal. Um <laughs> Cause like definitely the the original art style of, of the manga, the, the female characters have a very like kind of bimboy look to them. <laughs> but like But like not not just that though. It's like the fact that their eyes are huge and like way way yeah. like the distance between them is yeah. like unsettling. Yeah.
1: Um, their mouths and noses are ee-dee, yeah. like little buttons. Yeah whereas um, like the the male characters at least in the anime seem to emulate the original style really well
0: yeah yeah it's, i mean it's very funny because the difference between them is just like so stark you're like oh yeah. the, the guys look like interesting it's a very interesting art style and then you see yes. them and you're like what the hell is happening here yeah,
1: what happened here <laughs>
0: it's like it's like if you like were if you had to put like points into your manga drawing skills as like as like, like an rpg and you were like okay I'm going to put like 80 points in drawing male characters, and I'll put like five in, in female characters.)
1: <laughs> and the rest goes into like background set pieces.: <laughs>
0: Right, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, overall, it, it looks uh, it looks good. The, the women tend to look a little bit more normal in this in this <laughs> season, I think. Um, they look
1: more generic anime style versus: yeah, very yeah, yeah. unique.
0: Very, very like, yeah. <laughs> um i i like dr stone i like learning about it's, science it's fun um, it's it's very fun you're like oh what, what will you do next <gasps> yeah oh, he made rubber
2: cool uh, <laughs> yeah i i mean I,
0: I i really like this stuff right because yes. um it reminds me a lot of um in in a, in a funny way it kind of reminds me of like uh people who play video games but um make like really silly builds so like mm. they definitely play the game in a way that was not intended but right. is possible right? right they're like well you see you can get this upgrade material here if you just skip this part by like going this way mm-hmm. and then like you can come back and just roll the first boss with your like plus 10 weapon <laughs> And you're like cool <laughs> right um it's it's very fun because it's like Definitely, it feels like you're playing with the world in a way where it's not necessarily intended, but it is allowed, and I think that's very cool. Uh, Yeah, Um, I agree. It feels like watching a (laughs) speedrun. You're like, oh, civilization, speedrun, cool. (laughs) Yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about Horimiya, which uh, I have been waiting for to get a proper anime uh, for years now. I... I love Horimiya and I do think that it um, this isn't a problem with the anime but I think that the manga kind of runs into a well now what problem um, oh. a little bit later down the line um, just mm-hmm. because it has been going for so long but mm-hmm. like um, although it's based off of like a, a web comic I think um, oh. which uh, which is interesting um, but it, yeah it kind of feels like maybe the source material is like at a certain point was just like well now what but um the I really like Horimiya um because I think it's uh one of the really great kind of like romance uh stories in um in like kind of the manga sort of anime space um because it's very like in in a, in a sense it's very realistic I think um the way that it kind of gradually builds its its characters relationships um mm-hmm. and the way that it kind of depicts this very like um, domestic relationship, right? Because oftentimes when you have a, um, this is something that I noticed and this is something that I was, I was thinking about when um, I linked a video recently about Tony Kawa in the podcast Discord. Um, yeah. And it was a good
1: video. I liked
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the editing on the pause and Select videos is always like very, very impressive. <laughs> um, but the idea of uh, Junai as like a genre um, mm-hmm. of like pure love and the idea that it is the process um, that it is about the process of getting into a relationship, but nothing afterwards, and yeah. the idea of like love being built in in domestic spaces as the relationship being where love is built um, mm-hmm. is very interesting, and I think very indicative of of the way that you know horamia kind of operates. Um, yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is which is really great because I uh, I really like that kind of stuff, um, and it has. I mean, not. I'm not gonna lie. It has always irked me a little bit that, like, um, a lot of romance anime seem to end when the characters get into a relationship. Me You're like, well, too. Well, yep. like, where's the rest of it?
1: <laughs> right. It's like, that's right? the end goal. That's it. The end. Bye.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, well, what, 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 what happens afterwards? And, right, because and, I think
1: and, a lot of yeah. authors think that the, the stuff that comes after is boring, right? Because it's domesticity, or you, you right, know what, right, right. what will
0: happen afterwards.
1: And it's like, but... There's interesting stuff there too.
0: Like that's where all the cute stuff happens. <laughs> I, I want the fluffy stuff. I want the fluff. Yeah. Um. But but I also I also completely understand. Right. The the yeah. sort of um drive to get into a relationship is a uh very powerful motivator of uh character drama. Sure. Right? The mm-hmm. the sort of mismatched intentions of um like. You know, like, oh, will he, won't he? Like, mm-hmm. I love this person, but do they love me back? You know? Right. Um, that kind of stuff obviously is very popular for, for a reason. It's, it's in, a, in a sense, kind of, like, <gasps> thrilling. But it's funny because Mia completely skips over 90% of that. Because it, <laughs> it just deals with that in the first episode. Which yeah. isn't to say that it does that in the manga. Um, the manga actually spends a great deal of chapters about... Um, Surrounding it, but the vast majority of it takes place after they get into a relationship. And mm-hmm. the thing is, um, so horimiya actually had an OVA that came out um a while ago. Um, and I guess for that reason they kind of like full metal alchemist brotherhooded the first episode where they were like, Oh, um Well, I mean, you've probably already experienced all of the all of this stuff, so we're just gonna gloss over it, really. Wait, um, so they- really?
1: That's why the first episode is, like, at a breakneck pace.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly why, because I don't remember if the OVA takes place before or after they're, they're in a relationship. But um, yeah, I, um, but I do think it's an interesting choice, because uh, there, there is a lot of, like, kind of tension and drama that happens in the, in the lead-up to them getting in a relationship. But uh, the anime is just, like, it just handles that in the first episode. Like, it, it skips, like, months <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. i think is hilarious i
1: i was i was rather shocked because you know as someone who has read manga of this nature before it, you you expect a certain type of pacing right? right and so i was really shocked at how quickly things were moving along i was like oh they're already oh okay they acknowledged feel okay so now they're they've set up this kind of de- all right and it was rather overwhelming and I wasn't sure if I liked it or not. <laughs> um yeah. And I I don't at least it doesn't seem like the rest of the show will go at that that quickly of a pace. I don't know. Um if it does, then it's then there's a very clear intent there in which case I could I could be down for it, but um yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, because there's a part of me that really likes a, a deliberate pace as well. You know, where it's like you just kind of build up to it, and then it happens, and then you explore the rest of it after. You
0: know, I, uh, I I definitely agree. Although I do think that the um uh, I I think a large a large part of it seems to be just because so much of Horimiya happens after they get into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like they just kind of decided they would just sort of gloss over it. I I will say though, um, the way that they uh, the way that they progress the um, the first episode is, if nothing else, it's very, like, good, I think. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a better way to put this, but it it kind of goes really quickly, but I think it has just the right amount of stuff for how fast it was going. Like, They have just the right amount of of scenes that happen um, between the two characters. Um, And I think a large part of that is because of the very subtle way that they build the visual metaphors that happen. Um, Mm. I think one of the most striking things was how they um, depicted, like, the kind of, like, heart-pinging, like, the dokis, where um, the world kind of goes, like, like white and then there's like a little blob of color that goes ping. I think that visual metaphor is is really great. Um mm. and they I don't know. It, something about it is like it it really resonates with uh the the general sense that I get um uh feelings-wise. Like it's it, it's kind of like a synesthesia kind of thing where it like is very satisfying to me where I'm just like Oh yeah, that that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Um it, it, it's like your your emotions are kind of like moving uh, outside of yourself um, and your like heart is moving a little bit outside of yourself. It's like you feel a little bit offset from it. Like they, they have this mm-hmm. like kind of uh, visual scene where the character's like silhouettes are colored in in their colors and they're like moving slightly off of like offset uh, of the characters. Um, and it's, it's a very cool way of, of building like a, a sort of visual, Shorthand for um for um, for an, an emotional space, um which I think is yeah really cool.
1: I you know what I I would agree, and I would say that I wish that I had seen more of this kind of stuff in that that ping pong anime that was, yeah. that was oh all talented show.
0: <laughs> 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 oh my god! Yes. <laughs>
1: Not not the ping pong anime, but the one with the two girls, obviously. I, from yeah, I know exactly last what you year. Mean. <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, no, I I completely agree that they build up to the emotional moments really well. Even though it did feel like they were skipping over a lot of things. Um, I ended up enjoying the episode and the story they were building right. a lot.
0: And I I would suspect that the um the episodes are paced a little bit more normally afterwards.
1: That's what I feel like would will end up happening, or at least I hope, <laughs> so that I can just absorb the moments better.
0: <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. It um the I guess the conceit of the story starting with the relationship coming together and then exploring the rest of it afterward. Um, is one of the reasons why I like um, Ori Monogatari so much, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where they establish their relationship really early on in the um, season. And then the rest of it is just them being cute together. And I love that. I live for that.
0: <laughs> okay. I w- actually, I was slightly mistaken. Um, it looks hmm. like the, uh, the confession in the manga actually happens around chapter four to five. Oh. so it is actually pretty quick in the manga too um but the fact that they crammed five chapters into one episode is is a little funny that
1: is still impressive
0: it's still a lot to cover um, it is still a lot there's a lot that i want to talk about with horimiya that i won't touch on yet because obviously the anime hasn't you know finished airing we haven't mm. watched more than one episode of the anime um mm-hmm. and it's mostly just kind of like my thoughts on the way that um the story itself progresses but mm. uh, yeah yeah i'm really interested this,
1: to see the rest
0: i think this is like a, a good place to to leave it for now mm-hmm. um horimiya is a really great like uh it's a really great romance like manga slash anime but it's also one that feels very different than a lot yes. of of romance yes. uh mm-hmm. series um it it has a very, like, refreshing quality to it, I think. Yes. Largely because the characters are so likable and mm-hmm. because they're so well-developed. Um,
1: yeah, and definitely. I,
0: and I will say that there is kind of a... Um, it. This is funny. I think that there's kind of a shift in the first couple of chapters where the manga, like, um, pivots to what it actually wants uh, what actually has mm-hmm. it has decided to be because mm-hmm. the first couple of um, chapters to me are very like they read as very like switch girl um, if you've ever read that um, where it's like the, the main characters are very concerned about their, their uh, sort of non-school identities getting leaked to, to the oh. school mm-hmm. and that's a source of tension Whereas mm-hmm. in, in Horimiya, it starts that way, but, like, goes in a very different direction and kind of decides mm-hmm. it doesn't really want to be about that, um, at least not primarily, um, mm-hmm. which I, I think is interesting. Um, I, will, I will say Horimiya is by far, like, one of the most refreshing love stories that I, I've ever experienced. Um,
1: yeah, I, as someone who uh, doesn't love reading a whole lot of the or li- reading or watching a whole lot of the romance genre, I do have like a couple of ones that I like, like Ore Orimono- Uh This one does feel different, and it feels different enough in a good way that I am very fascinated to
0: watch more. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Hataraku Saibo, second season speaking of secrets. Very cute still. Um, Hataraku Saibo uh, or Cells at Work is uh, both a a fun monster of the week show uh while also yeah. being educational about your body and yeah. um it's it's also got a great translation i've noticed um mm. there is a very specific thing that they do which is um the characters will some will will sometimes uh in the subtitles say what the cell is that <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is so cute. <laughs> I think that's so fucking funny. Like whoever decided, whoever decided to translate that deserves a promotion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they do every now and then just drop a pun, and it's like, oh, I I like that though. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it it works very well in, yeah. in the tone of the show. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's it's really great. Um, it, I mean, the show itself has has some puns for sure, like the um. So the purines, which uh, are responsible, yeah, the purines. yeah. So the purines, which are you know in your body, <laughs> responsible for um, uh, you know, uh, thing like a purine buildup can lead to stuff like gout and like kidney stones.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but in in Japanese, uh, because it sounds close to to pudding, which is the Japanese word for pudding, um, they depict them as little puddings,
3: <laughs> which I think is hilarious.
0: I think that's so cute. <laughs> it was um, so cute. <laughs> and it's um I mean it it is definitely more of the same uh for sure mm-hmm. with you know more more wacky stuff happening every week a little bit more knowledge coming every week um but it is very funny because this is airing in the same exact season as Hataraku Saibo Black which <laughs> is which is Hataraku <laughs> Saibo on hard mode <laughs> and and it, it's it it <laughs> It's funny because I the episodes I think have begun to mirror each other in in a very they
1: like, have. Yes. cute way. yeah, uh, like they're
0: talking about like like purines uh and how like you know uh good bacteria can help clear those for you. And then and then in the like terrible shitty body that like, you know, hasn't been taken care of in like forty years, it's like, oh oops, here's the kidney stones.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or the, the hair cells. Or the hair cells, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they both had hair cell episodes and one goes well, and the other one, not so well.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, one is about acting, the other is about hair loss, so you know. Yeah. That's, that's how it goes. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, okay, so I, I, I made this, um, I made this comment while we were watching both of these, where, despite the fact that one of these is a healthy body and the other is a um, very unhealthy body, uh, both of them go through so much shit yeah <laughs> like what well, like one of them is uh like the the hot dark black body is like oh yeah it's smoking drinking and now erectile dysfunction it's okay we fix it with viagra oh jk gonorrhea
1: <laughs> yeah and you're like
0: oh this poor dude
1: <laughs> yeah i would say um i buy into the cells at work conceit a bit more um because even though we're super curious about what's happening to this body, um, we don't know what they're doing to to gain these conditions, right? And, and that's fine, um, because everything is in the point of view of the cells. Um, versus something like Osmosis Jones, you do get to see the kid's kind of daily life and what happens in order for him to get these conditions, uh, but it by like seasons later it feels like he's gotten into everything and <laughs> right, like, right 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 it feels ridiculous and so i like that they kind of don't show that because every day your body is actually fighting off all sorts of things that you sure, never even experience right. symptoms for because your immune system is so effective most of the time um so it feels appropriate mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. But yeah, it it's the, still like the fact that it's every episode is a new thing is pretty wild.
0: <laughs> I in in a certain way, the the Hattar black body almost makes more sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> because all of the stuff that 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 body is going through is like more or less like you can kind of tell what's happening out there. Yes, you're like, yes. oh, that dude is smoking now. Oh, he's yeah. drinking now. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, he's he's boning. He's boning. <laughs> He's doing the sex. He's doing the all, all piece stress from work. He's he's going bald. Oh oh no oh no he's got gonorrhea. Um, it's yeah. Um, Hotdog and Black is uh, it's a very fun counterpart to to yeah. the uh the regular series because it's less like monster of the week and more like survival horror apocalypse. Yeah. It's like the poor cells in his body are like. What is even the point of us being alive
1: <laughs> like yeah. what
0: what future is there for us?
1: I would say like at first the the general feeling that you get is like why are they airing these like basically back to back within the same season, but then as things progress, you kind of understand why, and it in as- in a way it makes the uh the spin off kind of more along the lines of like dark humor versus just being dark, yeah, like, I feel like it would be. If you were to watch it in isolation, right
0: no i uh, I, de- I definitely agree. there's something like yeah. very like darkly funny about the fact that like this body just cannot handle this. That
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, you see the good body just having a swell time, all the cells are competent at their work and they're doing their best, and everything's working out great because the body's taking care of itself. And then these guys.
0: (laughs) There's, there's definitely an aspect of it where it's like this is like almost certainly a like a public health like move to like make people take care of their bodies.
1: You know, it definitely (laughs) feels like there's a huge public health agenda behind this. Don't smoke. Don't drink. Yeah.
0: Wrap it before you tap it. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred (laughs) percent. I don't know how they're gonna solve that overwork problem. Just don't, don't get overworked forehead.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, geez. I yeah, I know. The the fact that they kind of have a small commentary on I guess Japanese Yeah, Japanese, Japanese work culture. I think that's yeah. I think that's
0: hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I I legitimately think it's very funny that the um the sort of uh, overarching theme of, of Hatarka Saibo Black is literally just well, this entire body is like a society and it's overworking <laughs> the shit out of everybody involved and the like uh, the the ostensibly the forces that may control them are just making the worst decisions at every possible turn, making everyone's job way harder all the time. Like <laughs> the idea of it being a like a black company, um, as as a as a term mm-hmm. that generally refers to uh, a a company that like has like dubious work practices, mm-hmm. um, is is I think very apt and also yeah. very bitingly funny because it's like, <laughs> well. Everybody in the body is getting overworked because the guy is part of a society where his body is getting overworked.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: right. um, so there, there's definitely, there's definitely um, a, an amount of, of humor in there. Um, I, I like that they uh, have gone for a slightly more mature art style, like all of the, mm-hmm. the body like all of the cells look a little bit different which i think is is very cool yeah. um mm-hmm. than, than the the healthy body counterparts like the kids are just like gruff and like mean the uh the macrophages seem like a little bit more old fashioned and they're all tired all the time the killer t cells are like mega killer t cells they're like super buff bara bros <laughs> i think that's so funny um they have uh shifted the the genders of the cells um the the blood cells are all all men working at this company and the uh white blood cells are all all women whereas uh, as opposed to the uh healthy body where all the the blood cells are uh all the white blood cells are are men and all of the uh red blood cells are actually they're actually mixed actually now that i think about it but like um yeah that that kind of stuff i think is um it it's enough differentiated where you're like oh this is like an alternate universe where like mm-hmm. things could be much worse yeah <laughs> <laughs> right um and i i like I like it because a lot of the times it's very, like, Hattaku Saibo is, like, very cute about, like, oh, it's the end of the world, it's the end of the world, the mumps are coming, oh, it's okay, I got this. And then Hattaku Saibo Black is, like, we are literally going to die to gonorrhea. <laughs> this is the end, everybody. And then the fucking orbital laser comes down that is penicillin, and it's like, oh, thank God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we survive another day.
0: <laughs> we survive another day. <laughs> <laughs> At what cost?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what awaits um, us tomorrow? <laughs> if, if you are going to watch Hatar Saibo Black, I highly recommend interspersing it with the second season of Hatar Saibo. I yeah. think you should watch one episode <laughs> at a time of, of each because it, yeah. it really, <laughs> it really <laughs> enhances the experience.
1: It sure does.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, they're both pretty good. They're both pretty good. They're, they're both great. I love them. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it because we also get to see um, a different side of uh, – of the the working conditions of of the cells right because like obviously a healthy body is able to fight off all these things but we get to see what kind of trouble you can run into with an with an unhealthy body right yes Mm -hmm. we get to see you know what happens when your own body tries to destroy itself because Mm -hmm. it's just so overworked and stressed right it's Mm -hmm. like these hair cells they must be cancer cells (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, definitely definitely recommend both of those. They're very cute shows, especially if you know anything about like Part of the enjoyment of watching these shows for me is just hearing Renu go, <gasps>
1: <laughs> My delighted <sighs> gasp at how yeah, they're the, de- the delighted content. science
0: gasps. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite parts.
1: Every time they introduce a new cell, I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) It's that cell, and I'm like, I have no idea what that means.
1: (laughs) And then they explain it to you, and then you know.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. um, Let's talk about Wonder Egg Priority. My God, what to say about One Drag Priority? What? Holy. Um, yeah. If you were going to watch any singular show this season and you wanted to know what the standout show was, it is One Drag Priority 100%. Um, <laughs> like, obviously, The Promised Neverland season two is very good, but I would, th- I mean, you have to watch the first season to really appreciate the, the, or, or experience the second whatsoever. Um, right. One Drag Priority, obviously, uh, being its kind of own. Uh, show is very man. I don't really even know what to say about it. Um, uh, I, well,
1: I'll, I'll say okay. Let, we can start with the animation, right? The animation is quite good in, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty show. Um, the style is cute. Um, in terms of like the plot, the plot. <laughs> is the reason I laugh when we bring this up is because it is uh uh (laughs) it is very confusing but right yeah in the way that because uh, you don't really know what to expect will happen next um Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. of things feel like they come out of left field because a lot of stuff happens that is very abstract and fantastical yeah Uh,
0: (laughs) well so there is a um Here's the thing, right, is that a lot of anime, because it's so fantastical, can oftentimes kind of play into a a fictional space where it's expected those things are happening. Where, um, for instance, like if you were watching a high school anime and a bear showed up for some reason and decided, I'm a student now, you'd be like, yeah, okay, right? But the thing about One Drag Priority is because it is... um. It is using that aspect very intentionally. It kind of uh, makes it foreign again, in a way that uh, really kind of plays with your perception of of the show. It is a it's a term that is kind of er- like so- sometimes somewhat erroneously called magical realism, um, where things are are happening. There are like m- like fantastical things that are happening. Because they have some point to make about about reality itself, mm-hmm. um, it feels a lot like uh, I don't know if you've ever read a Haruki Murakami novel, but a lot of Haruki Murakami novels play in this like very magical realism space where like mm-hmm. the setting is ostensibly real life, but there is a much that is fantastical that is happening, right? Like talking cats and you know UFOs that make people lose their memories, that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. One Drag Priority really plays very hard into, like, a very explicit sense of, of magical realism as, like, a greater-than-reality uh, kind of uh, story and setting. And it's, it, I think what's important is that the way that you do that is first you have to ground your show uh, or your, your piece of media in realism for magical realism to have any real meaning.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and I think One Drag Priority does that really well. Everything about the show from the the direction and animation to the sound design makes it feel very grounded and real right up until the point that weird stuff starts happening. And it makes you question yeah. what is real, um, which is yeah. which is very important. It's a hallmark of the genre.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would a hundred percent agree that when the weird stuff starts happening, it really threw me through a loop because I yeah, was like, What yeah. is this egg? <laughs>
0: Yeah, What? Well, why is there an egg? Why is she in the bathroom? Did a person just come out of that egg?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, when the fantastical stuff, like more of it starts happening, because you already have the setup of of what kind of life she's living, and they kind of start building on that more and more and tying it mm-hmm. in with the fantastical elements, you understand where the elements are coming from. It's like, oh, okay, it's inspired yeah, by yeah. this part of her life and um, right. That's why it, it, yeah, it's manifesting in this way, and so um, I am. I don't. I don't know where it's gonna go because <laughs> obviously there's a lot of stuff happening, and we don't know anything about this fantastical world that she's in, aside from the fact that she is apparently immune to being hunted down within it. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, um, like that aside. There's also a lot of tension in this. Anime. Yes, okay. So,
0: um, this this show is to to put it's very okay. Yeah. If no, if nothing else, you could uh-huh. cut the homosexual tension in the show with a knife. <laughs> it's so thick. Like cuz here's the thing, right, is that there is a there is a scene where two mm-hmm. female characters are lying on a bed and like one just reaches over and like touches the other person's <laughs> foot and it's like this this is like a level of like intimacy and um uh i i don't know just like tension that like is there's no straight explanation for it Uh,
1: like when we were watching it sufi was like bro this is like kauru and shinji that moment it really is it's it's such a like kauru shinji like
0: touch hands moment like like okay so you know you know the tension of the of the like scene where they're playing the piano together it's that level of like really really thick visceral (laughs) tension because like okay here's here's the thing there's something just about the fact that like that you just like grab someone's foot that's like very (laughs) very different than like you know uh even grabbing someone's a hand right because you're like okay in the first place who would ever think to to animate this it's like all right so for this season for this scene we we needed to grab the foot G- grab the foot a- i need you to animate or grab in the foot <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> but like but. <laughs> but i mean there is a kind of historical sort of context um to be to be drawn here because um traditionally in in many cultures like feet are seen as like dirty because they're the things that touch the ground you're not supposed to point at things with your feet um very specifically in uh the bible there is a, um, there are many passages about like, you know, Jesus washing the, the feet of beggars and, and the like, obviously, um, there are some questions about the, the translation interpretation of those texts, because um, people might have thought that, you know, feet were a, uh, a euphemism for your bits, um, which, which, you know, is, but I mean, that, that is also important to, to consider the fact that um, the idea that, um, that feet are like. Uh, a thing that touched the ground and they're kind of like these these dirty objects um and uh you know normally people i guess like just wear shoes so like there's <laughs> something just very there's something very viscerally tense about just like touching somebody's foot yeah right? <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that they're like well yes this is how our definitely heterosexual kids are gonna interact you're like ah i not see what you're doing um but no no yeah for, for sure i i do think that a, a large part of it is on purpose because the, oh yeah the general sort of aesthetic of the um and thematics of the the show seem to be about uh about people being bullied, right? Um mm-hmm. to the point where the people who uh need to be saved are people who have been bullied and have committed suicide.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and obviously the, like there's a big kind of content warning here. Um in the first episode a person definitely jumps off of a building. But mm-hmm. like you know, the idea that um like it has, it is the, the right priority is one of the shows in recent years that has had the kind of strongest tour de force uh first episode i've seen in a, in a really long time and it's because it immediately establishes its uh core themes and and core emotional like emotional core like right off the bat where it's like okay you're supposed to care about this because um this girl uh was was bullied and basically uh watched by and like didn't help somebody who was who was also being bullied and they committed suicide right mm-hmm. and there is an amount of like survivor's guilt and um um uh, trauma kind of associated with that but there's also the idea that um being a bystander when you have the ability to help somebody is maybe a kind of uh it, it's a kind of evil right where um, it is, it is a um, it it is something you are complicit in if if you are uh, you know helping or ignoring like evil that is happening in the world to the point mm-hmm. where it's so explicit about this that the uh, that the kind of enemy force in in this show is like uh, in the first episode at least like the manifestation of evil is the see no evil they're literally like they, yeah. they they're the see no yeah. evils. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So the idea that um, being complacent and uh, allowing evil to happen around you is is being complicit in in that evil, as I think a very interesting thing, because it's also very like sympathetic to the main character, obviously, about um, the fact that she was also bullied and she also had that kind of um, trauma associated and she just wanted to be left alone. Right, And ultimately, the, the evil here is, is society, right? It, it's the, the people who are doing the bullying. Um, but there is an amount of complicity that you have to accept for not doing something when you can do something. And one Drag priority is like, from the outset, it seems to be this um, kind of uh, fantastical journey through reconciling that and through mm-hmm. um, wanting to become able to, to help people anyway, right? The end goal is obviously for her friend to to come back to life, and the question of whether or not that's even possible is is moot it' doesn't, it doesn't matter right mm-hmm. the, the end goal is the person who is at the beginning of this story will not be the same person who is at the end of this story mm-hmm. um, and you can definitely tell that, that that is the case from like right off the bat and I think like it's very Honestly it's very difficult to to write a story that immediately grabs you so hard and so violently and and thrusts you into this uh a space and I like the fact that it plays into the the idea of a magical realist space because i think I think not enough anime do that um because it's taken for granted because it's anime right
2: mm-hmm
0: with yeah. things like um uh uh, God, what, what am I thinking of? With things like, uh, you know, like Yuri Kuma Arashi or, or stuff like that, the metaphor is obviously there, but the idea does not have to do with the uh, warping of reality in in ways that uh, become foreign. It's just these are accepted parts of of the world. Um, there's a little bit of this feeling, I think, in uh, Sarazanmai, but it because it's so literal and so clear when the, where the transition is, it doesn't kind of hold the same um feeling um i guess
1: yeah um i would say maybe like satoshi Kon's stuff oh well. for sure for sure yeah yeah 100 percent
0: of it 100 mm-hmm. percent. if i had to name one director who plays with um space and time and mm-hmm. um and creates that sense of reality itself kind of mm-hmm. uh becoming inconsistent it's Satoshi Kon 100% Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Satoshi Kon is like obviously one of the most remarkable uh, directors ever in anime right but um, part of the part of the reason is because you can tell that his film style is meant to do something in in anime that is not possible in in film while at the same time Mm -hmm. kind of taking cues from from cinema from film um and mm-hmm. wonder priority feels a lot like that where it's taking these like very clear aesthetic cues from um uh like television and cinema but at the same time it it is also doing it in a way where um the anime is kind of first and foremost where where the story is happening right mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like the story is happening in a novel that just happens to be in an anime right mhm um so Yeah, it's also, it's very, it's very, like, visually, you know, um, we we talked about the animation, but it's very visually appealing, and um, it feels, um, the animation itself looks so good, I don't know what it is, maybe it was, like, the way they, like, rendered it or something, but, like, it's, it feels like a movie, it feels like movie quality animation, like, it feels like I'm watching a KyoAni animation. Yeah, it's a
1: very um, clean style, but also very visually interesting.
0: Yeah, it's it's very clean, but also very like detailed. Um mm-hmm. I think yeah, K- Kyoani is definitely the the closest analog I, I would think of. Um mm. where it feels like there is a a lot of um a lot of detail. Um but uh you know, not in a way where it's like kind of overwhelming to look at, right? It's just like if you snapped a still shot of any like part of the episode, it would look gorgeous. <laughs>
1: um,
0: and and the progression of it is very uh very interesting, right? Like yeah, um, <laughs> you you have a point where the uh the kind of like animation style changes um because you get the um the manifestation of evil the sino evils and they're rendered in like like 3d like cg um to purposely look very unsettling right Mm
3: -hmm.
0: so you have um you have this very like madoka-esque mixing of styles that like really kind of lends it a and otherworldly feel, um, in a mm-hmm. way that is definitely on purpose and not just, well, we ran out of budget and production time. It's time right. to just put the CG in there. <laughs> yeah. um, and my God, we will we will talk about that. We will that talk later, about that. Like, um, there are
1: quite a few shows that um... there
0: there are quite a few shows. <laughs> I mentioned this, I think, in the last week's episode, but um, it feels like um, it feels like a in in. Ways that matter, while at the same time feeling like it has uh, an identity outside of it, to the point where it might surpass it. I think that again, right? Like maroka Magica is one of the best, like written stories, um, in, uh, in in an animated kind of like you know, form, but at the same time, it feels like it is completely devoid of any particular stance on anything um Mm. whereas one drag priority feels like it it has put a step forward like it's put its foot forward and like boldly declared what it is about which um i think is i think is really cool right i don't think Mm -hmm. that media necessarily has to say something but the fact that it is willing to say something and it seems to be willing to say something very important i think is um is very cool um, and I, I highly, highly recommend that people watch One Drag Priority. Um, <laughs> that It is the show that I have my eye on probably the most this season. I really, really want to know how it turns out. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's talk about Kumo nanika. <laughs> so, um, okay, they have reduced the snoutage. Okay. Like so, this so background, somewhat. Uh,
1: Supi has read the manga, loves the manga. I, I, don't, I have not read the manga. My only exposure is to the anime and also Supi's complaints about how the anime has portrayed okay, certain yes. character uh, designs.
0: So <laughs> the main character is a spider. And yes. the... Um, <laughs> and okay, I, I did discover today that this was actually a problem with the light novel. The light novel has a very snout-like design. um it is very clear that whoever designed this main character has no idea what a spider looks like and has no idea how to abstract the idea of a spider into something that is um fitting of an anime manga kind of visual drawn space um because i don't understand why but they gave like imagine an orb right the orb is your head that that seems like a spider a spider has an orb ish head um but then you add a, like, a, an Undertale Toriel-esque snout to it, <laughs> and, it's, and suddenly you are not just a head, you are a bean. Like, I don't... Okay. I hate this design with a burning passion, because I cannot look at it without thinking about Undertale, like, fucking Toriel Undertale, right? I... <laughs>
1: What I what I don't ah. like about it in comparison to what I've seen of the manga is it's the eyes the the yeah. style of the yeah. eyes they went with like your very typical anime kind of mowing ish uh yeah. anime yeah. eyes right they're pink they've got eyelashes and everything and in the manga they're they're just very simplified circles with a little bit of eyelash on them and it's very yeah. cute because yeah. it goes with the rest of the way that the manga. Details the form of the spider, which is also simplistic and round, like it just all I, it feels
0: cohesive um, i one hundred percent agree yeah. like like just two two simple objects and some legs feels a lot more like a spider to me than putting the snout on the snout instantly makes it look like not a spider and like I also think that like um i I do agree about the eyes. <laughs> I I would have preferred just the like the the blank circle eyes cuz like I, that also looks more <laughs> like a spider, right? The thing yeah. about the manga design that's like really good is that it evokes the idea of a spider in a way that is cute and also doesn't look enough like a spider that it might like be upsetting to to look at. And like right. the light novel <laughs> and anime go in a different direction to achieve a um probably similar goal, but they do not succeed because it looks very d- different than I would say a spider should look.
1: It's Yeah, it's just kind of unsettling, but I mean, obviously it's... Okay, so the show is a spider isekai where...
0: <laughs> yes, it's a spider isekai.
1: <laughs> where a schoolgirl and her schoolmates get reincarnated into this fantasy world. They, they all get reincarnated into different being so some of them are human some of them have swapped genders some of them are creatures and so the main character uh is 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 a spider um and
0: <laughs> the spider is in 3D <laughs> okay all right all right so 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 th- yes 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 okay i i have to make a complaint about this right because apparently um i've only so i've only ever read the manga i've never read the light novel Um, And apparently in the light novel, there's a lot of content that actually gets cut out of the manga, because the manga is primarily about uh, Kumoko, the the main character, who is the, the spider, and about her kind of journey. But the light novel and the anime actually mention the other classmates and where they end up. And so... Here's the very jarring thing, which is that we <laughs> have known that this anime was going to come out for a, a little while, right? And mm-hmm. we've seen the the trailers for it. Uh, I've I've definitely ranted about the spider's design, and I <laughs> and we went into the first episode and we're like, all right, that that's a CG spider, all right. Um, and we're like, we they reduced the snout somewhat, but I really wish they had just reduced it to zero. Just slide <laughs> that snout scaler all the way down to zero, please. But <laughs> Here's the really upsetting thing, which is that when we swap perspectives, um, to the stuff that I have no, I, I had no idea about, by the way, because I I had only yeah. read the manga and the manga yeah. cuts all of this out, um. Yeah the the portion about all the other students is completely in 2D. It's 2D animated and the the sh- the shift was so jarring because <laughs> everything before then was in was like all in 3D, right? Like 3 3D <laughs> like landscapes, um 3D environments, 3D character models, like 3D battle action sequence where she's fighting a frog and running away from her cannibal mom, but like <laughs> then we move over to 2D and the 2D animation looks actually pretty pretty good. Like pretty, pretty alright. Like Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, what? <laughs> no way. And they spend I shit you not ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah. Not yes. Not in Spider-Land. Yes. Talking about like all of the isekai stuff that happened. And yeah. then we get the ending. The ending credits roll. We had five minutes of, of the main character before the ending credits rolled. Yeah. And then the ending credits roll, and it's in 2D! <laughs> it's the, the spider, spider, but in 2D! It's in
1: 2D. <laughs> like, the whole time... I was asking, I was like, okay, so why is the spider in 3D? Is it because why? they didn't want to draw a spider a bajillion times? Even though it's a rather you know simple design, it is kind of geometric, so they have to show the spider in all sorts of different angles, doing all sorts of different things. Maybe that's why they went for CG. But then, in the credits, they show the spider rendered in 2D. <laughs>
0: and it looks so much better. It looks, it looks so much so better. Much better.
1: <laughs> Even given the current art style, I... it looks so much better. But then there was a there was a very brief shot in the credits where they show the spider in the manga style, like with the blank eyes and the cutesy right, right. little mouth and everything. And I
0: was like, "Mother
1: of God, <laughs> yeah!"
0: <laughs> oh. We what what happened was we basically got like. A quarter of an anime, and then a promise of what the anime could have been in the ending credits. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so unreasonably upset about what they decided to do with them. Like, do they understand that the that you're not supposed to make your main character rendered in 3D and then everyone else rendered in 2D unless you're trying to make some kind of weird like point about the medium, like. Yeah, the, the, the main you're supposed
1: to the 2D resources for the make, right the only way the only thing I could think of right is that they're trying to do the whole like spiders are like unsettling and all, everything that the spider is dealing with is unsettling right it's supposed to be like the removal of the main character and her situation versus like the nice situation that her classmates are in. See. Um okay. uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's like as a result, you make your audience stare at the less appealing part of the animation for most of the episode, right? It would be like if in Promised Neverland <laughs> They, where they <laughs> render all the monsters and the d de- <laughs> and everything the giant <laughs> monsters in 3d <laughs> that's what you stared at the whole time instead of the cute 2d children yeah
0: so like so like in the promised neverland there are these like huge monster there's yeah. like this huge monster that roams around the forest and it's like yeah. rendered in 3d because it looks super like huge and unsettling and it works yeah. really well but yeah but imagine if it was like the other way around where like all of the kids were rendered in 3D for no reason and then this monster was rendered in 2D. You'd be like what the, f- what the actual ding dong fuck is happening here?
1: Yeah, but in this case the, the spider protagonist I guess it's the monster and then the cute so. children are like <laughs> like last like.
0: Listen, it, the problem is that it 100% does not feel like an intentional choice Uh that was made creatively right it feels like it feels like a production choice and that's that's the the, by far the worst kind of the problem the worst kind of problem to have where you're like this feels like it was done to save money and time
1: yeah (laughs) because like they rendered the spider in the credits in 2D and so it feels like that that's what they had originally wanted and the The... frog that she battles with is so ugly like in terms of like
0: being a 3D model it does not look good (laughs) If if they had animated the entire anime in two D, I think we would, I would we would be singing the praises of this anime for being so fun. Um, but like, if, because it's rendered in three D, everything about it is just a little bit off. And then like, when you see her have to eat the like bodies in three D, you're like, well, this doesn't check at all. Um, <laughs> and then and then when you see the two D like cl- other classmates, you're like, oh <laughs> no. oh my god okay um yeah i I would just read the manga honestly or the light novel and just hope you don't have to look at the spider too much (laughs) Uh, i cannot in good faith recommend this anime unless like for like some by some miracle it like fixes all of these problems like
1: yeah, we, might be, we might be a little too hard. I mean, honestly, you might be able to just watch it and be able to accept it as like if, a 3D, 2D hybrid anime. But,
0: if your eyes do not get offended
1: by, <laughs>
0: by watching this anime, I recommend it because the story itself yes. is is pretty fun. Um, yes. As far as isekais go, I think it's one of the better ones. Um, yes. And it has uh, a, a unique, interesting premise to it. I like that mm-hmm. she doesn't start out super overpowered, but does mm-hmm. kind of like grow into her own power and has to use her uh wits and um and abilities to their to their uh kind of most creative uses.
2: Um mm-hmm.
0: all that stuff I, I really like about the show um and the series. But um I, I also don't know anything about the like human characters in this show. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can't make a recommendation that way. It was a little bit weird that we got way more of that than the spider. Um in the first episode, I would say that was probably that feels like kind of a miss. Um, I probably would have directed that differently, but like other than that, like if you can get past the art style, um I I, I do recommend it. Um I think the story mm-hmm. is, is really good. Yeah. I think it's really fun. <laughs> anyway.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Next meme. <laughs> so next we have Kimono Jihen. Um which is also just like um, another confusing show yeah, for me. <laughs> it's um <laughs> <laughs> Like how okay, how would you describe so so the first episode is all set up for what I presume is going to be like a a monster of the week situation for the rest of the anime. Right. Um where uh this guy gets hired to come out to the countryside and do some investigating because uh some livestock are dying and um there <laughs> uh i don't know how to describe it without
0: just skipping to the end <laughs> of the episode y- yeah yeah um <sighs> i mean I- okay so basically the first episode is just, is just a setup episode, right? Yes. Like the, the kid and the guy meet, and then uh, he takes care of business. Uh, he reveals that he was hired to kill the kid. He fucking shoots the kid in the head, and is like, well, I'll be taking this then. Uh, turns out he's not dead because he's like, you know, a half demon. And then I guess that's it. Uh, he, he gets yep. to the office, and he's just like, well, I guess you live here now. And then he sees the other two children that apparently live there now. And yeah. Oh, and the
1: guy has a tail. The the man that, that oh shot yeah, the, the, kid the guy has, has a tail. tail. So they're they're all yeah. like
0: half demons or whatever. Yeah. But um, this show is is interesting in in that it feels like a like a shonen anime. Um. Yeah, but, but with horror kinda, elements. But yeah, but with say. more horror elements with a yeah. darker tone. Yeah. Um, but also like. I don't know. It, it. It. You're right. It does feel like a Monster of the Week thing. Um. It feels like. It feels like Mob Psycho's grungy, feral cousin. Like. <laughs> like if you if you kind of boiled it down, the setup would be very similar to like Mob Psycho, where like you know, um, uh, shady shady man adopts local child, local misunderstood oh, child, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> but everything about it is like it's just like uh much much more feral. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, don't really, I don't really know. It feels like the first episode doesn't give you a very good idea of what the actual show is, is going to be like because it spends so much time right. setting yeah. up the plot. Yeah, it's um, like the prologue. Yeah, but it's, it, do, it actually looks pretty good and it's directed pretty well. I'm just not, I'm just not that interested in the premise of it to begin with yeah. the idea of like, supernatural um the idea of supernatural detective agency feels very old hat at this point unless you're you're doing something more interesting with with that premise than um just playing it straight and i don't know it just feels like three children with superpowers get into some hijinks and you're like well what's the point
1: yeah i i kind of wish yeah well I don't I don't even know because I don't know where the the direction of the show is going and how pivotal it is that we know the child's backstory but it would have maybe been nice for us to have gotten some of that in the first episode like I get why because the first episode pacing-wise um in order to explain the kid's entire backstory and meeting this guy like it it takes the whole episode right. but now that we know that it's actually about bringing this child to a detective agency and, I guess, keeping him there with these other kids and, and hiring them, uh, <laughs> I don't know where it's going to go, and, and I'm not sure I'm interested enough to find out. Um, yeah, and the the art style is kind of, I guess character design-wise, it's a bit everywhere. And... Oh, that was the other thing about this
0: show. You're right. Yeah, every <laughs> character looks like they come out of a different anime. Like the um the main boy looks like he comes out of like uh uh like Hanako kun kind of. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the there's one boy that looks like he's he's just he just looks like Bakugo. Yeah. From, from Hiroaka. The um the detective guy looks like uh. God, what what is it? He, he kind of looks like a Seven Deadly Sins character.
1: Yeah, and I then guess, the like yeah. the
0: girl looks like she came out of just a different series entirely, and I, I I wouldn't be able to place it without looking at her again. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're <laughs> I I completely forgot about this.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So if a supernatural detective agency with children that's run by a yeah, dude, yeah,
0: <laughs> it, like. St- if if that if that premise sounds interesting to you, I I would recommend giving it a shot because yeah. it it is a pretty well produced anime. Um, yes, yes the the direction choices I think were were very interesting. Like the shots were were a lot more interesting mm-hmm. than um, than I thought the plot itself was.
1: Yeah, maybe it's like one of those like three episode. Um, it might matches, be, yeah, but. Yeah, I guess for us we kind of bounced off of the first episode because we were. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I I
0: just I didn't feel much. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I I think it would have been possible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like th- this is like the difference, right, between um a show that is pretty okay and a show like The Promised Neverland that kind of immediately grabs you. Where like yeah. um the first episode of Kimono Jihan, the uh so the the main boya Is uh is basically he's an orphan uh he's basically like a Cinderella kind of figure where like uh all of everyone hates him and they they're all afraid of him and they they want him to die so they just make him do manual labor all the time and and the kind of detective coming to town is like oh your parents are probably still alive do you want to see your parents and that's that's a potentially like compelling kind of arc and motivation, but I think whatever it is, the way that the writing is because, like, I think the directing is is good in this show. The pacing was was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. It never felt like it lagged anywhere. But the the writing itself feels a little bit shoddier um, because I didn't really feel any attachment to any of these characters. Um, yeah, I would say so. Because it just kind of felt like they didn't give you a lot. It felt like it wasn't really the the point, even though you want to you want to get invested in your main characters. Um, yeah. whereas with uh with something like The Promised Neverland, you are immediately invested in the survival of these children. Mhm. Um, yeah. and um, you know, with Wonder Egg Priority, you were immediately invested in the ability for this for this, you know, young young girl to be able to overcome her her trauma and and become you know, a, a better person, I guess. Um Mhm. That's not quite the way to put it, but, like, yeah. um, You need to have investment in, in your characters for that arc to be satisfying or to pay off. And if you don't build it in the first episode, it can be a little bit, like... Uh, it it, it yeah. might not be necessarily a, a sign of things to come. That's not to say it's impossible, but, like, mm-hmm. you can kind of tell, usually, um, when, when, when yeah. you're going to get attached to a character or not.
1: Yeah, like, like I guess just story writing wise, um, I I was more compelled and more attached to um, Spider Girl than (laughs) than than the characters in the show, and it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate because this show, you know, it looks I would say better than the Spider anime. Oh, it does for sure. Yeah, I guess writing wise, it's just not as compelling in
0: the first episode. It's Um, it feels and i think this i think this is the thing right it feels a mm-hmm. lot more generic than than the spider anime does the spider mm. anime is um it it's kind of core writing is very good because mm-hmm. it uh it develops the main character in in a way that is immediately kind of you're rooting for her mm-hmm. um and, it, and she's an interesting character because she um, kind of has knowledge of isekais and uh, is trying to figure out how stuff works. Um, she obviously has like motivations and likes and dislikes. Um, and with a character that's basically just a blank slate, uh, like, like the main character of Kemono Jihan, you just don't really get anything from it.
1: Yeah, like it, when when he's the blank slate, you would then expect that the detective would be the, I guess, more compelling slash entertaining one to watch. But he's also really kind of low-key and laid back because um, he's trying to, I guess, not give away his intentions as to why he's at the village. But still, like just even personality-wise,
0: you know? And yeah, yeah.
1: And so I, with both very low-key characters, what, what, what's to do? <laughs> <You know>? like,
0: <laughs> I would say definitely that there is obviously something to be said about um, the idea that not every story has to be a hero's journey. Right. Um, but at the same time, uh, if, if it's not, I feel like one of the most important things is to write compelling characters. And mm-hmm. there are ways to write this character specifically that have worked in, in the past, right. Characters that have like lots of trauma and are emotionless um, and have to have uh, happiness essentially thrust upon them before they, they kind of realize that they were in pain all along. Right. Um, there are a lot of characters that have gone through that arc and for whom that arc has been very compelling. Like um, I think Age- angel beats is a really good example of this, but like, this just doesn't do it for me, really.
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, even though he was such a douchey character, the main character's cousin felt more compelling to watch because he clearly yeah. had motivations, right? He wanted to go to the big city no matter what. He was willing to kiss up to other people in order to, you know, kind of curry favor and, and get to the city. Um, uh, you, he had a. We had a very interesting revelation where we found out he actually killed his god, the main character, yeah, once on accident. Right, right, right. And you're like, what the? This is messed up. Yeah, you're and- like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then we just leave it at that because we're still following the main character, and it's like, well, <laughs> <Yeah>. all right. <laughs> Not that I wanted to be invested in like such a douchey, you know, little kid that literally killed his cousin, but. Uh, considering no one else in the story, or at least in the first episode, is yeah, very no one else really wants anything. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, um, yeah. the the kid's mother wants the main character to be dead. That's about it. <laughs> and I don't know, man. Yeah, it was just kind of a miss, I guess. From yeah, from the that's, establishing. That's how it. That's how it felt yeah.
0: uh, to me, at any rate. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about skate the infinity. <laughs> 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 oh man what a <laughs> what a show what a show very oh, different from kimono GN in every way i'd say um uh, so sometimes <laughs> sometimes you watch an anime that's just so off the walls bonkers that you cannot help but but want to watch more of it and that's what this felt like to me yeah right? yeah because i'd say so because like the 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 setup of this this show is yeah. well you see there is an <laughs> underground illegal skate tournament that happens <laughs> in in an abandoned mine shaft yes where people dress up in cosplay and skateboard to the death more or less mm. they don't nobody actually <laughs> dies probably we we've yet to see <laughs> someone die um but it's very dangerous and it's super illegal, and for some reason, half the town is into it. And it's the
1: kind of setup you would expect out of like illegal street racing, but it's applied to skateboarding.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's extremely like illegal street racing, but but for it, you know what it's like, it's um. Uh, Oh shit. It's Initial D but for, for <laughs> skateboards. It, it feels extremely Initial D but for skateboards. Um and you get um Man, what a what a way to establish your your sort of fictional space than to start by having a skateboard 1v1 <laughs> with a guy dressed like like a like a Kiss band member who in the middle of this skateboard race to gain an advantage will throw firecrackers at you <laughs> and like basically you like wipe and bust up your arm because of it like <laughs> like wh- <laughs> what how do i even handle the sheer amount of information that has flooded my brain in the first 5 yeah. minutes of this but- anime it-
1: and and yet the first five minutes are like the most well animated five minutes oh, of the whole. They're <laughs> episode.
0: so good. Like, the- not that
1: even like, the rest of the episode is well animated, but the first five minutes is like what?
0: <laughs> the skateboarding animation in this yeah. anime is so good. It's really really well done. Like this is this is what sports anime is. Let me tell you,
1: <laughs> it's super dynamic and super colorful.
0: <laughs> yeah that like that's the thing right is that it, everything is super colorful there's like mm-hmm. so so much color just mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. um and the motion is like really great the, the yes. camera movements are super dynamic Yeah, um, there's a lot a lot of animation like mm-hmm. there's a the sheer amount of animation there is in the first five minutes is like astounding <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, I I think everybody should just watch the first episode just to see that first sequence play out. It's so good.
1: Yeah, it's so good.
0: But yeah, um, Skate the Infinity. Uh, So besides being an absolutely bonkers premise, um, it's pretty good, actually. It's pretty good, yeah. Like I mean, I think the non-skateboarding sections are a little slow. But because of just how bonkers the skate sections are, but like, um, like it overall as a whole, it kind of it kind of works. I like that we have um, a character who has like very applicable skills to skateboarding, but has never properly skateboarded before. <laughs> like, just like ah uh, yeah, I'm a super good snowboarder because I'm from Canada. Eh? Um, Canada and. But he's just like I've I've never ridden a skateboard before though, Um, and he just is like, I'll do it. I'll skate in your place.
1: (laughs) And then he tapes his feet to the board.
0: (laughs) He tapes his feet to the board, which is super dangerous. Do not do this.
1: Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) There is no
0: snow cushioning you. You're skateboarding. Um, but yeah, uh, I am very 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 excited to watch more of this because it's <laughs> such a f- like okay here's here's the thing about this show right is that there's definitely some like kind of i feel like it, it is kind of a sports anime at its at its core in that mm-hmm. it has a very like uh free element to it where it's just like you know um it's this kind of guy who's kind of disillusioned with mm-hmm uh with his sport even though he's very good at it um and another person who's very enthusiastic about it despite being um less than less than good um but he has his own kind of very unique motivations and desires like he wants to make his own skateboard he wants to win a race on his own skateboard he wants to prove he's the best skateboarder by making the base the the best skateboard to skate with and Mm -hmm. i like their their dynamic together because you have one person who's very kind of low-key passionate but but very cool on the outside and then one person who's very boisterous and loud about it so they have common ground but they have different temperaments which i think is mm-hmm. really great um, yeah that's the exact dynamic you you want uh in in a sort of dynamic sports duo that's why um kagayama and hinata work so well together mm-hmm. as, as a dynamic because um, mm-hmm. you have one person who's very good at something but is uh very it's very hard for him to like speak um earnestly about his feelings yeah one person who does nothing but speak very earnestly about his feelings it's a dynamic and yeah it if you're gonna build a sports anime it's a great one to build your your car around um Mm -hmm. so obviously you have all that but like but at the end of the day um the most remarkable thing about this anime is just how much fun it is yeah (laughs) like everybody involved in this anime is having such a fucking blast animating mm-hmm. this like and making this weird skateboard mm-hmm. anime it's yeah like, it's so weird right it's so
1: weird like the character designs are off the wall The character
0: designs are so good because there's so much like yeah. obviously you have the guy who's dressed like he's a kiss band member and yes. then you have this guy who shows up and he's dressed in like a full like Kimono, and he's like got his hair up, and he's got like fingerless gloves, and he's just like, "Hello." He looks like a fucking Vocaloid cosplayer, and he's just like, "Hello." They call me Cherry. Wait, don't forget Dio. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Dio. Uh, can't, can't, uh, can't have an anime without uh, without Takehito Koyasu, of course. <laughs> um yeah uh this show is just just it's off the it's off the wall. (laughs) there's no no describing just how weird and wacky and wild it is and it's so worth watching because of those things
1: (laughs) it still manages to be compelling it's not like it doesn't at least yet feel like weird to be you know weird for weirdness's sake like, no, hey, yeah, look, yeah. we're quirky or whatever. It's like weird because it's fun. It's um, it's fun weird yeah. for sure. hmm Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs>
0: highly, highly recommend Skate the Infinity. What a what a show. Oh, and it, it better be gay. Like, come on. Come on, come on. Two, two boys better better be kissing in this.
1: Listen, we got like three anime this season, maybe more, of ladies clearly having feelings for each other
0: come on <laughs> give us give us the boyas give us the boyas <laughs> <laughs> all right all right papa next meme let's talk about suppose a kid from the last dungeon boonies moved to a starter town which is about what if a kid from the last boss boonies moved to the starter town of an rpg that i mean you know what <laughs> the, the title <laughs> i the long title <laughs> but it sure <laughs> gets the gist of it huh <laughs>
1: right, right, I guess um if you're having trouble understanding what that means it's if uh you if you imagine you know you're playing an r p g game and at the end right is the hardest area right where it's all the hard monsters are living, and you have like one last town before you face off with the final boss, and that's where you get all your supplies and stuff and gear up um what if the a child that lived in that town constantly surrounded by these really difficult monsters um comes to a rather ordinary location that doesn't have nearly as hard monsters to deal with um and so the conceit of it all is that this kid is extremely overpowered and like blows everyone away with how strong and and like like in in terms of physical strength and I guess magical strength as well um uh but he considers himself like one of the weakest people in his village <laughs> um
3: right,
1: so he right. has like a really humble attitude about him uh and yeah i mean that's that's i guess the whole gag of the show yep
0: <laughs> um it's it's a very cute show about yeah. uh like playing with a a very common rpg premise in a way that's that's unexpected, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very like cute, lighthearted show, and you could also just read the manga. I would say, <laughs> like, I I think the anime itself is is nothing special. Um, if if you're interested in, in the concept, obviously, uh, I would recommend checking it out. Um, the animation isn't bad per se. Um, it's nothing special, and it, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I've read, I mean, the, I like I've read the a decent amount of it. the manga for this, and I would say that it's it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But also, like, you know, you could also just read the manga. I mean, it's funny because a lot of stuff gets made into anime primarily to just move manga um, copies. And mm-hmm. this feels like it's kind of just one of those.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the art style of the manga is also... It yeah, it's it's pretty nice. cute. You you yeah.
0: can, you get to see a character that looks a little bit like Link, just kind of roll around and <laughs> he be, does look uh,
1: like Link.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he does look like Link. Um, and then um, he just goes around and he does his stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, it's a very like fun, lighthearted show. Like, there's not a yes. lot to say about it really. Mm-hmm. Um, would would recommend if if that's uh, if that kind of setting is what you're into, you could also just read the manga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, let's talk about Yuru next. Camp season two. Woo! Yay! I've been oh, so excited Yuri for Camp this. Is so cute. Yes. I miss this. Yes, oh my me too. Yuru, <laughs> Yuru Camp is so good because it's like watching. It's like it, watching. It gives you the same feeling as playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you just
1: calm down and you just watch them go about their lives and you learn a little bit about camping. And it's just so relaxing. And oh, it continues it, it really to be is. so good.
0: Like there there is um as far as like uh de escalation shows go, where like uh, yeah. you're like, Oh cool, okay, I just watched something really intense.
1: One hundred
0: percent Yuru Camp is is the best one to just like watch and you're like ah
1: Yeah, you feel so cozy nice. when you watch it's, this show. It's
0: such a cozy show. Um yeah. and it it's very nice because um obviously it is a um <laughs> it has been a hardy year being being stuck inside and sometimes you just <laughs> want to watch cute anime girls go outside and camp and uh, <laughs> god speed god speed <laughs> um there's not a lot to say about yuru camp um that we haven't kind of covered in uh season 1 like mm-hmm. it's Still, still, just as good. Uh, the characters mm-hmm. are charming. The animation is is adorable. It's very cute. Um, yeah. The gags are very funny. Um, the comedic timing is is really good. I, that, that actually that reminds me. And like complete aside, but like I forgot to mention this when we were talking about Land of the Lustrous. But Land of the Lustrous actually has really good comedic timing.
1: It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the
0: gags in that show I, I found remarkably funny.
1: Yeah, like, no, I was laughing. I was like, oh!
0: <laughs> like, when Fos loses both their arms and then does that, like, point, they're like, huh!
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's
0: very cute, very funny. Um, and they're, like, little dogs that go bounce. Oh, that, my like, God, when Bort was, like,
1: trying to, like, swing their sword at the dog and <laughs> at the little the little fluffy puppy thing. <laughs>
0: right, right. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, yes, uh... Yuru Camp, it's it's still Yuru Camp. I highly recommend it. If you have never watched uh Yuru Camp or Laidback Camp uh before, I would highly recommend uh, picking up the first season now, um because it's super fulfilling to watch uh Mm -hmm. the like platonic ideal of camping happen when you can't Mm -hmm. go outside. (laughs) That's what I'll (laughs) say. Um, Yeah. And it's funny, because when I watch it, I'm like, man, I probably wouldn't actually enjoy camping that much, but I'm I'm enjoying watching these, like, anime girls enjoy it.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, you don't necessarily have to enjoy the act of camping to enjoy this anime.
0: <laughs> right, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Uh,
0: let's see, let's talk about Uru- 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 Sekai Picnic.
1: Uru- Sekai.
0: This show is really weird,
1: yeah, uh, so <laughs> we, <laughs> we have another show, uh kind of like Wonder Egg Priority, where it is about um otherworldly experiences, uh but based in uh <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: I guess, a like kind of uh, like a realistic world. And 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 the two main girls are definitely in love. I don't I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me anime season.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Um interestingly, uh the I okay. The anime I would say is like uh it's like okay. Yeah. Um, th- by far the most interesting part about it is that uh, it appears to be based off of the um, 1972 Russian science fiction novel uh, "Roadside Picnic," which. What? <laughs> I mentioned this when we first watched it, but "Roadside Picnic" is a it's a it's a Soviet Russian like sci fi novel about like um, another world where um or like uh it was like a forbidden it's like a forbidden zone with like alien artifacts and stuff in it um i think and uh the thing is um the thing that's actually very interesting about this is that the um the term uh stalker became a part of the russian language um due to the 1979 film stalker written uh directed by andrei tarkovsky which is loosely based on the novel um, Mm-hmm. And that term means someone who breaks prohibition, enters the zone, which is like, you know, the supernatural zone and takes artifacts from it, uh, which they then sell. Um and that lineage is actually what inspired uh Stalker, the Stalker video games, um which uh are, are have a very kind of specific uh flavor to them. Um Other Side Picnic is very similar in the premise of it but it's also very different it feels like a very japanese take on it which i mean obviously makes sense um mm-hmm. it is it is uh a yuri genre piece of fiction so they are definitely gay for each other um mm-hmm. that's definitely <laughs> a part of it and um they they i don't know they're going into this all the world and, and doing stuff um the setup is very interesting to me but the at the very least, the anime itself, while interesting, did not necessarily capture my attention um, as much as I thought it would.
1: Yeah, it didn't really capture me either, and I'm not sure. It's not like the characters are particularly dislikable, um, but I guess it just didn't really grab me. Um,
0: yeah, this feels like one of those yeah. things where I would rather just like read a bunch of the manga. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. Mm. Yeah,
0: I, there's something about there's something about the way that it's, like, I think, like, put together or directed or something where it's, like, not super engaging to watch, even though the stuff that's happening is fairly interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. It's conceptually interesting, but practically not very.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, speaking of conceptually interesting, but practically not very, let's talk about (laughs) X-Arm. So I'm not, I'm not going to lie. We 100% watched X-Arm ironically as, as more of a joke than anything. And it was so much worse than we thought it would be.
1: It was a punishment. It was punished. (laughs) All of us. (laughs) And okay,
0: so. Do you know how earlier we mentioned that there was a shocking amount of 2D animation in what we thought would be a 3D anime? There is a shocking amount of 2D animation in what we thought would be a 3D animation. We legitimately Boy.
1: thought that it was going to be a purely 3D anime. Just because all the entire intro is filled with rotate 3D rotations. Of 3D anime characters. And so, um, then the anime starts, and our main protagonist in his 3D self is going about his life. He's introducing, like, some kind of world ending conflict that involved him, but then it flits back to the past. Uh, he's living in his, you know, nice little home. Then his brother comes in, and. He's two D His. And brother also D the the main character is making fried rice that is also 2D. And
0: <laughs> But he's flipping it in his 3D walk. In his 3D walk,
1: yes. Uh and yeah, the three D little brother and the two D big brother have a talk. And two D big brother is like Bro, you just gotta put your best foot forward. <laughs> and that is the advice that this little brother takes with him for the rest of the episode. Because it comes up again several times. And as he goes to the convenience store, he sees a girl being harassed. And the girl is in 2D. And her harassers are also in 2D. Um, and then he gets hit by an isekai truck. And then we go to the future, where everything's 3D. <laughs> yeah. I say, I say everything. Actually, though, one or two characters still in 2D. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. It's not I even don't... like a delineation of, oh, the people in the future are 3D and the people in the past are 2D. No, it's not. <laughs>
0: I, okay. So here's here's the thing, right? Where um, it was so jarring when we saw the brother in, th- in 2D. Because yes. <laughs> everything had indicated to us that this was an entirely 3D CG yes. anime. Yes. And then the brother walks in and he's 2D and he like doesn't like it. God. And the two D animation is like very limited animation too. It feels it feels like very limited animation where yeah. um they barely move like their they move their mouths like slightly. It almost om- I I'm not gonna lie. It looks like the 2D animation is worse than some abridged series I've seen. <laughs> I think like like a like a Team Four Star abridged series looks better uh-huh. than this. In terms of how they animated like the 2D characters, the, the
1: lips, yeah, the and mouth movements and everything.
0: That would be one thing, right? But the fact that it's, like, 3D and then suddenly there's a 2D character for seemingly no reason, we're like, what the fuck? Why is he in 2D? <laughs> right? And then we're like, okay, maybe, because the brother mentions, like, oh, you know, like, uh, I make, like, uh, androids. So we're like, oh, maybe the main character is an android. Maybe it's right, a very, like, right. kind of interesting way of, of yeah. depicting who is an android. Yeah. And, um... <laughs> And no, no, that is not no, what it is at all. That's not it, no, that's not it. <laughs> oh no, that is not no, what it is no. at all. I cannot for the life of me come up with any explanation whatsoever. <laughs> any explanation whatsoever for why the anime looks like this. Aside from the fact that they had one person, like the only explanation I can come up with is that the, the studio is like one person. I I have no confirmation that that is the truth, but that is what I'm going to believe. I'm going no, to believe. I could
1: believe that. Yeah. I'm gonna
0: am be- gonna believe that the studio that made this anime is one person and his little brother. <laughs> right. And and, and the mo- and it's like the terrible thing about this is that like you you we move into the 3D space and everybody's uh, or into the future and everybody's in in CG now. Yeah. And we're like, okay, okay, cool. This is what the rest of the, the anime is supposed to look like, I suppose. And then, right. for whatever reason, one of the characters shows up and he's like a 2D guy. And you're like, yeah. he's next to 3D guys. And like yeah. <laughs> nothing about this makes any sense. And for some reason, the villain of the episode is voiced by by Kiryu's voice actor. And <laughs> I just don't get it.
1: The voice acting, like, feels like the best the the highest quality thing in this show is that they actually got <laughs> voice actors I, rather than like some Joe Schmo off the street. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> um. And that we like it feels like um because we did do some research into like who actually is the staff behind this thing. Like you can tell that there's people who know about action set pieces and know like, okay, well these kinds of moments need to happen, but it's so awkwardly cut and edited together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that the pacing feels off. And then in addition to that, there are quite a few fight scenes. And it's rather apparent that the person or people editing these fight scenes, uh, did not have enough time and/or resources to edit them yes. appropriately. So because yeah, the well, th-
0: this is this is what I would say is that the choreography is not bad conceptually, but it's mm-hmm. executed with zero sense of rhythm or impact. Actually, nothing in the show feels like it has impact whatsoever. It feels like everything slides around, kind of yes, motion, everything like, slides um, around like effortlessly. It's, it's
1: keyframed from one. Yeah. It's and from one end to another, without it, any actual, like, easing like, in or easing out for impact.
0: It legitimately feels like a student animation. Yes. Where, like, and, okay, so, here's the thing, right? Is that, upon watching this, I realized that we just, like, as a society, did not give season one of Ruby even the non-fight scenes, enough <laughs> credit. Because, apparently, <laughs> this can be made into an anime. And my god, is everything about it so much worse? And, like, oh my god. And I hate the fact that there's no rhyme or reason behind who is 2D or 3D. And I, I wish that I could figure some way of, like, knowing why. I, I just want to know why. I would love... Okay. I'm not going to watch any more of this series, I think.
3: <laughs> Unless
0: someone pays me to sit down and watch and commentate the whole thing, I will not watch it. <laughs> unless, ev- unless all of my friends are like, all right, we're going to sit down and watch it together and we're going to hate watch it. I will not watch this series. Hate watch I refuse <laughs> to watch this series alone. But I would be so interested in a documentary about how yes. this anime got made. Yes. How it exists as a, as a thing at all is just fascinating to me. Um. The, the promotional
1: and concept art is
0: amazing. Well, there's <laughs> so it's based on a, a manga that was published in the early 2010s, oh. and apparently the main staff of the series uh, of the anime series have no previous experience working with right. anime, which yes. we could tell obviously, yes. right? Um, but like the the CG animation is really bad because while the scripting of the motion is not terrible, it feels like it feels like they just kind of. Keyframed things, and then like we're like, all right, point A to point B. Let's let's just use Adobe Flash's like tween function.
1: Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It that's why I feel like the animators maybe um, since it was their first anime uh, didn't just didn't have enough time to actually commit to. Um, making I've, things look really good. Either I've got that or they didn't no have the skillset. idea? I don't yeah, know. they
0: they must just not know how to do it, which I mean, is entirely I, possible, obviously. It is entirely um, possible
1: that they either didn't know how to do it or they just didn't have the time because I mean, obviously like if you don't have time, you're just going to
0: slap together whatever works. Um like you could you could make a machinima version mm-hmm. of this show and it would look better. You <laughs> could you could script this entire show in like say Apex Legends and it would look better. Um mm-hmm. and it's funny because I'm reading on the Wikipedia page. It says the first trailer of the anime was instantly met with heavy online backlash due to the poor quality of the CGI animation. The anime has also been criticized as homophobic as the third episode censored a same-sex kiss. <gasps> they what? <laughs> so it's bad and homophobic. Oh my Wait, god. I need to
1: see that scene.
0: <laughs> oh uh, oh my Oh my oh gosh. My Lord. Wow, why oh are there gosh. so many... Wait, why are there so many an- uh, manga adaptations?
1: Wait, of XR?
0: Yeah, b- bizarre. Yeah. Um anyway, um this this anime is so bad that I would not recommend it to anybody unless you really wanted to like hate watch it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, if you're bored on a Saturday night, you want to play a drinking game. Hey, here you go. Here you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy, I don't want to talk about X-Arm anymore. I cannot allow this series to take up any more of my brain space. <laughs> Let's talk about Tenchi Sozo Design Buu, or. I Heaven's see the guy!
2: <laughs> t- Sorry! What? I looked up episode three!
0: Yeah?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they censor it with like a <laughs> white light!
0: <laughs> what? Oh my god! You mean they censor it the same way what? they censor the naked bodies? I like, like, don't know so if this much is what they're referring I to.
1: I don't know if this is what they're referring to because in the first, s- in the first second, I'll just link you. I'll link you. Um, <laughs> in the first
0: okay. Second, okay. You have. Yeah. You have to link me.
1: It has the. Uh, it has the kiss, but then they. But then it's. It's like censored. But then they zoom in on the lips, so it's not actually like censored, right? Because they zoom in on it afterward. I don't know if this is the one they're referring to, or if there's another one after, but. It's just the first thing I saw when I pulled up the episode.
0: Okay, hold on, let me let me let me take a look. Oh
2: no. Oh <laughs> no. Oh, 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 oh,
0: oh, oh, oh no oh, oh my God, you're right, they did
2: <laughs>
0: oh holy shit, okay, yes, anyway, this anime is very, very very, very bad um, like the, the you can tell that they actually probably don't even actually know how to animate in 3D because um the the bullets that get stopped um by the uh the main villain in the first episode like mm-hmm. just get smaller. They don't even they move <laughs> they and they get smaller. They don't they, they don't have any down. sense of perspective. <laughs> yeah, they literally get scaled down. It's like you just press control T shift and then you scale it down. Um, oh god. Okay, no, we have to talk about heaven's design it's, team because okay. I'm not talking yes. about x arm yes. anymore.
1: <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about the design team.
0: Okay. So um I love this anime and yeah, this this is great. another anime you should watch. Uh very yeah. cute. It it feels very cells at work where it's like very like stealthily educational about yes. like mm-hmm. the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but it's very very charming. Yes. Um having distinctive characters with their mm-hmm. their own idiosyncrasies goes a long mm-hmm. way for um, making um a show interesting because you get uh very good character interactions like I, mm-hmm. I love the character interactions in this show they're I love, so fun I love the old guy who invented the horse who's just he like what if we made everything horse. look like a horse um, everything
1: he invents afterward has to be inspired by the horse
0: I love I love the guy who's just like the snake is the strongest creature yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: they're,
0: they're all they're all very charming and lovely in their own ways um and I think it's very funny when we uh, abstract the idea of what animals are like. Um, oh like yeah! This, because you're like, oh, that's right. I guess I guess animals are kind of really really weird.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and it teaches you about cre- creatures that you might not even know exist, like that. Right. Know, yeah. that underwater thing in the first episode. Um, oh yeah, the ping pong tree. The ping pong, yeah. pong tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, end didn't, end I didn't realize a lot that was a animal. real animal either yeah yeah it's crazy um so uh, they they teach you a lot about different animal uh functions but also like hypothetical situations too like this is why the unicorn can't exist right exactly because osteoporosis <laughs> it's like
0: what if we just made it really stupid <laughs> yeah I, I i think it's very um it's, it's very cute, and, mm-hmm. and it's so, like, it's so charming in a way that, like, is, is kind of hard to explain, but, like, you can kind of immediately feel it. You're like, oh, this is, this is cool. This is cute. Um, it's
1: really cute. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I will say, um, very specifically, I like that there is a, a trans character in, in this show who everybody, you know, obviously refers to uh, as, as a woman and um the kind of like lore blurbs about it like um state that you know she uh bays with the other women and and all that um but you can tell from from her design that she's kind of meant to be like like a trans woman you know like yeah. very like flat chest um like very flamboyant but like interestingly i feel like as far as a character goes um there's obviously a degree of like kind of very over dramatic like flamboyance um that is uh like obviously, very easy shorthand for like a trans woman, but also mm-hmm. um as far as as the representation goes, it's actually way, way leagues better than a lot of other shows period um I would
1: say so i was on I was kind of like on edge, right, because whenever yeah this mm-hmm. you know you know this type of character, you know, whatever um that you know how anime portrays. LGBT characters right, is right. very like they they type them right mm-hmm. and they all they they categorize it in a way that they all behave the same they're all like they'll they'll try to sexually harass you and and stuff like that and it's surprisingly refreshing that we didn't get all that le- just that pandora's box of, uh, <laughs> of craziness yeah. within this yeah. th- the representation of this character and Thank goodness. <laughs> like
0: like oh. I, I mean obviously um there is a uh like there there's an amount to be said about the fact that um like she's still voiced by by a man. Right. Um and obviously we have kind of a long way to go in regards to um to that, but um yeah, overall like as as far as a trans character goes in an anime like astoundingly well handled. <laughs> and yeah. in the an in in the anime about like uh about angels designing like biological animals too, like I mean Right. Come on.
1: And it's so funny because she loves birds, and so she, loves she birds. and the and the snake guy fight.
0: <laughs> I, I think that's that's super that's super cute. <laughs> yeah, why don't we talk about Vlad Love? Uh... Which, uh, <laughs> uh-huh which uh is is a pun in Japanese because Vlad is is pronounced budad and uh Bu- oh <laughs> and it's it's bl- it's blood because yeah. the main character is addicted to donating blood uh and mm-hmm. they won't let her donate blood a lot cuz that's bad for you <laughs> like mm-hmm. super bad for you and then she meets a vampire and guess what happens then
1: um yeah but you know they're in love because we have all the shows this season where girls are falling in love, and that's great.
0: <laughs> if this is if this is the the girls love revolution, I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, I just don't know like why all the shows have to be so weird <laughs> in this season, at least.
0: <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know.
1: Um, this one who's especially is very weird.
0: Who, who's to say? Yeah, this is maybe one of the weirdest shows I've watched in in a way that has nothing to do with. The like way that the sh- okay, so it's weird with with nothing to do <laughs> with the setting, right? Obviously, the setting is a little strange because it's like she's addicted to giving blood, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, obviously, uh, she meets the vampire, uh, that, that kind of stuff gets sorted out, whatever. But the weird part about this show is the way that it is, um, it's made like the design and production of this show is done in such a way that it feels like, um, because the, the aesthetics of this show, I feel like are, are pretty modern day. Um, kind of not quite Mm -hmm. actually, but like, uh, the, the aesthetics of the show are modern, but the aesthetic tendencies of the show, uh, the aesthetic sensibilities of the show are like, Probably in the mid 2000s. And yeah, the editing and direction of this show is very early 2000s. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of these kind of weird, like cut in scroll, like sh- sh- uh, cut in shots that like happen where like uh, something is happening on screen and then like a panel will come down onto screen with something else and then a panel will come up from the other side of the screen with something else. And Mm -hmm. it gives a very, like, interesting, like, disjointed kind of um, unconnected feeling, um, which is very jarring. I wouldn't say necessarily in a bad way, but definitely a little disorienting. And Mm -hmm. it makes the entire show feel like... um, it, feel, it feels very surreal in a way, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me a lot of uh, shows that would air during the mid to early 2000s. Like, the sort of... Gam- okay, so from 2000 to, 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 like, 2010, right? That decade, it feels like it, it comes from that decade of design sensibility, where... Um, if you showed me this show... And you put it next to Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei and Bakemonogatari. I would say, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Right. Yeah, it does. It just feels like very
0: reminiscent of that era in anime. It it has like a very. This is interesting. I I I wasn't I hadn't thought about uh this show in quite a long time, but it has a very like Excel Saga vibe to it.
1: Yeah, you know what the the. The school nurse, the first time I saw her, uh, she looks like she was drawn by Kazuya Minakura, who um is the artist for Gensomad and Sayuki. Like, mm-hmm. she just mm-hmm. looks like she walked right out of that series. And right, I was right. so stunned. like <laughs> and that's also like a early two thousands ish series. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. De- yeah definitely. I
2: don't
0: know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know how much Okay, so here's the thing. I have a great deal of love and respect for that, that um, decade of anime, um, but yeah. I just I don't know how well it works here. Um, yeah. It's very difficult for me to say that I uh, was super invested in the first episode of this anime. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the trailer was very interesting to me because it was bonkers. But the actual anime <laughs> itself was actually pretty slow, all things considered. Yeah, mm-hmm. a shockingly gonna... small amount of stuff happened.
1: Right, like considering the premise and the, I guess the gags that they were setting up. Like there were definitely a lot of moments, but it didn't feel like a whole lot happened. Um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure where the disconnect is here, either.
0: yeah 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 i um i i I definitely it's it feels like it comes from that era i just don't necessarily think that it's good (laughs) 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 it's probably it's probably kind of the the long and short of it um Mm. yeah i i liked it kind of but not enough to keep watching it. I I didn't feel like I needed sure. another episode of it. Like if yeah. I was I w- you know what I wish it was? I wish it had leaned farther into being bonkers. It's
3: mm.
0: it feels like it was is like quirky and weird, but it felt like it did not ramp it up fast enough.
2: Mhm.
0: But hey, I that's, guess I, yeah, I mean, that's hey, fair. it's it's gay like <laughs> 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 they are in some sort of relationship, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um which is cool, I I guess. Uh, I I don't know. Um I don't- I don't know what it is about this season of anime and all the lesbians, but um I <laughs> If this is the girls of revolution then so
1: revolution. Be it. Girlvolution.
0: <laughs> girls love lover lover evolution. Uh-huh. Lo- love evolution. No. Yeah. No. no. No no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Anyway, um let's talk the next thing. Uh
1: next thing is uh, the second season of Cooking, the new Cooking Master Boy. Ah new cooking master boy. Yes. And I love it. It it's uh they pick up like <laughs> at the end of an arc because I guess they didn't have enough time to put it in the, <laughs> the first season. Um but yeah, no, it's it's just it's just more. Um and I love it. And the food as always looks amazing. So yeah. very
0: nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yep. Um, I think that's that's probably it then. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I feel like when you're that far into a long running series, like it is, def- it is difficult to say anything except watch the first one and see if you mm-hmm. feel like you want to watch it.
1: Yeah, it doesn't take a a turn like um, like Promise Neverland, where the second season is significantly different than the first season. Right. Right. Um,
0: yeah. So it's it's more. <laughs> it it is more yep yes um oh you know what actually that does remind me of something that Mm -hmm. i don't know why but i i was just i was just vaguely reminded um suddenly about uh what dr stone feels like dr stone feels like that guy on youtube that makes knives out of everything (laughs) that's what it feels like if that guy got isekai he would survive that's all i'm saying nice (laughs) yeah anyway so uh, I suppose that is um, that is the episode then. Uh, that cool. is all of the stuff that we watched and oh, all man. had opinions. So about. much, yeah. Sue, so, who are you? Where can we find you on the internet?
1: Hey, I am Ranu, also known as Swan. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr and Facebook and Twitch, all at SwanDrawn. You can find me on Instagram at Swan. I have been keeping up with posting weekly so far. We're on a roll. Uh and I'm still twitch uh still twitch streaming um art and whatnot. So come on over if you want to check that out. Nice. <laughs> yep. How about you?
0: You can find me all places at Literal Soup. Uh I am probably after this recording gonna go play Dark Souls. Um <laughs> We obviously are still doing a Attorney every week, which is super fun. Yeah. We are on the Fourth case of Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney and DL Six um, case. Yeah, yeah, we're we're uncovering the secrets of the DL Six case. Um, it's interesting. I, I've definitely mentioned this before, but the fifth case of uh, the first game actually did not exist until the DS remake. Um, it was specifically created for for the DS remake because they felt like they needed another uh, case. And oh. I will say, I'm I'm pretty sure I remember liking it. Of all the times I've replayed Ace Attorney, I've actually never finished that case a second time, I think. Because like by the time I'm supposed to uh, by the time I'm supposed to get to it, uh, I kind of have lost steam.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna get through it this time.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um
1: Yeah. So if you guys wanna check that out, we stream every Saturday evening.
0: Yep, every Saturday uh, over on eight,
1: Soupy's channel.
0: 8 PM PST. Um, mm-hmm and we usually go for about three ish hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes a little bit more depending on, you know, obviously. Um Okay, um yeah, so that's uh that's obviously what I'm up to. Um that's what we're up to. And uh and, and yeah, uh other than that, I've been I, I will be keeping myself busy um doing this and that, you know how I do, keep keeping myself busy. Mhm. Anyway, our opening is by Scotty Network, and our ending is by Takuma Okada, And the patrons we are thanking this week are Evan, Magpie, Meritess, Cheru, Sean, Frostfall, Claire, Undid Uncanny, and Dylan. Thank you so much for your support. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> could not make the podcast without you. Yeah. I mean, we could, but it would be very difficult. Be very difficult. <laughs> so thank you, thank you for all your support, and um, yeah. thank you everyone else for for listening. Uh,
3: 明日ね